You know, when you're going through an emotional downward spiral turn in your life or you're going through troubles, it's good to know that, you know, there is confidence that we have and there's hope that we have in God because we lose that hope and we lose the confidence, uh, then we could go to a further downward spiral and it's harder to get out of the pit. I know every one of us at some point in our life has dealt with depression or have dealt with some sadness. You know, as C.S. Lewis called it, he called it the great sadness of his life. You ever read, if you ever want to read some books that will give you some uh, great, uh, stretch you in your thinking, get out some of the clips and, and words of C.S. Lewis. And he is a deep thinker. And one of those things is that he went through a deep sadness in his life and it created havoc. And during those deep, deep, dark moments of his life was where he saw the light of God. And he saw that in the midst of that, there was hope. And he saw that God was just as powerful the God in his depression as he was the God in his celebrations and joys. And that's something that emotionally we have to know in our heart and our mind that regardless of what we face in life, God is big enough to handle us and he's big enough to handle whatever we have in our life that comes at us. It's, to us, it could be huge. To us, it could be devastating. To us, it can knock us off our feet and put us on our back. But we've still got to realize that God is in control and that he is bigger than any problematic area or emotional downward spiral that we find ourselves in. In Psalm 77 is a psalm about... Uh, a deep, dark moment in Asaph's life, the writer of that psalm. And, and, it's, and it's really where we find confidence in the time of crisis. In many translations, you may have a title, and that's probably the title, somewhere, somewhere to do or something to do with the confidence in times of difficulty or the troubling times of our life. In Psalm 77, I begin reading there and reading through that, uh, most of that chapter. It says, I cry aloud to God aloud to God, and he will hear me. In my day of trouble, I sought the Lord. My hands were lifted up all night long. I refused to be comforted. I think of God, I groan, I meditate. My spirit becomes weak. You have kept me from closing my eyes. I am troubled and cannot speak. I consider my days of old, years long past, at night I remember my music, I meditate in my heart, and my spirit ponders. Will the Lord reject forever and never again show favor? Has his faithful love ceased forever? Is his promise at the end of all generations? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he, has he in anger withheld his compassion? So I say, it is my sorrow that the right hand of the Most High has changed. I will remember the Lord's works. Yes, I will remember your ancient works and wonders. I will reflect on all that you have done and I will meditate on your actions. God, your way is holy. What God is like God? You are the God who works wonders. You revealed your strength among the peoples. With power, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you. They trembled. Even the depths shook. The clouds poured down water. The storm clouds thundered. Your arrows flashed back and forth. The sound of your thunder was in the whirlwind, lighting up the world. The earth shook and quaked. 
You, your way went through the sea, your path through the great waters, but your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. You know, when you read that psalm, it's probably not one you get up with a cup of coffee and a donut and you say, man, I am so inspired by that Psalm 77. But as you look at the depth of that psalm, there is inspiration. It's the fact that Asap realizes that he is in a very sorrowful state in his mind, in his heart. And he's, he's emotionally imbalanced. And he's at a place to where he's trying to figure out where is God in the midst of his trouble? Where is God in the midst of his emotional downward spiral? Where is God in the midst of his great sadness? Where is God in the midst of all those confusing things that's been happening in his life? He even, even questions, God, where's your favor? Where's your grace? Where's your compassion? Where are you in the midst of my difficulty? This is the problem in Psalm 77. And this is the problem that happens to me. And this is the problem that happens to you. When we are in trouble or we're in difficulty, we see God as being little and we see our problems being big. And we've got to reverse it that we've got to see our problems as being little and we've got to see God as being big. And so when you begin to turn that tide, that's where you get the emotional balance back in your life and mine. So this psalm is a psalm of inspiration. It is a psalm of courage. It is a psalm about confidence. It is a psalm about hope. It is a psalm that helps you to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I can go through this. It's the psalm that says, I can look beyond my pain and I can see joy. I can look beyond my sadness and I can see happiness. I can look beyond this darkness and I can see light. It is a psalm that helps us to turn our eyes off ourselves and back on God. That's where the emotional balance comes back into play. When you review the great names and all the personalities of Scripture, you will become aware very quickly that almost all of them, and yet at, at one time or another, great discouragement and deep depression happened. Take, for example, Job, singled out as a man of God, blameless and upright, whose staggering losses and yet long and painful illness brought him to the all-time low of his life. And he says, my days come to an end without hope. My eye will never again see anything good. That's the deepest downward spiral turn emotionally of Job's life recorded in Scripture. And he's looking at his big situation and his small God and when he did that, he said, I will never again see anything good. And that man's in a deep state of darkness. Moses is described as the meekest man on earth. You'll find that in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. And rises as one of the greatest examples of an ordinary man who substituted to God and, and substituted his life for God and then he, he, he took those things out that needed to be brought in those things and he submitted when he was able to move those things necessary out of his life and he submitted to God. 
he faced, he was faced with that wonderful task, but a huge, you know, powerful task, a burdensome task of being the leader and the general answer person, spokesperson for over a million people. And yet he became the administrator of God's law, the Ten Commandments, a role to which was assigned by God, but one made, it became very complicated for Moses' life because of the tendency of the people to gripe and complain and doubt God time and time again as we saw that in the wilderness experience. And there came a time when Moses felt the crushing weight of his assignment. And he cries out to God in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 12. He says, how can I bear these troubles, burdens, and disputes of these people by myself? He saw his task as being very, very large. And he saw God as being very, very small. And when he got that, to that point of view, he looked at his problems and he says, how in the world can I handle this? Elijah is one of the great prophets of old, asked for his life to be taken because of the difficulties that happened. It was David in his efforts to hide his sin made journal entries that speak of the total loss of strength and the ebbing away of the wholesomeness of his life and yet he groaned all day long because of it in Psalm 32. Jonah, the first foreign missionary recorded in Scripture, when he was, he was to leave and go to the Ninevites, and yet God, he knew that God was going to destroy the people, and he was very despondent, and he could not see why God was bringing about this type of judgment until the hiccup came and Jonah came out a whole new different person from the belly of the whale. And then there was Jeremiah, was so profoundly sad that he is known to this day as the weeping prophet of all the prophets. He was a crybaby many times because of his sadness when he looked at his big problem and he saw his little God and he saw his sadness greater than anything until he confessed, he says, God, I wish I'd never been born. Now that's a deep, dark state when a person is depressed and they look at themselves and they say, I wish I was never born. Nehemiah, Ezekiel, even Peter in the New Testament, we could go on and on Every character you find in Scripture, you'll find a deep, dark sadness applies to their life. And guess what? That deep, dark sadness applies to you and applies to me. The company of the depressed is a very noble company. Hang your head high and say, I finally made it. And I'm with all the other soldiers, the Christian soldiers. And I am in noble company just like anybody else. I do not have to hide my happiness from people, or hide my sadness by faking my happiness. I can hold my head high and know that I am just like anybody else and I go through an emotional imbalance like anyone else. 
One writer calls depression the common cold of emotional disorders. <laughs> the common cold of emotional disorders. All of our lips have spoken the words of discouragement and all of our lips have spoken that of depression. All of our hearts have felt it and every one of us have known it from one time or another and the slap of the setback that comes in our own life happens when we find the grief of loss, the disheartening effects of stress, the, the emotional downward toil of pressure. All those things can aid us in the numbing, exhausting, demotivating fog of depression. And then there's the kind of depression that's even more complicated when it triggers, the triggers lie within because of the chemical imbalances that happen which means we cannot escape the black hole without some medical intervention. And so here we are, a private battle of the weary sadness that can take on many forms and shows itself in many ways. Now I wanna say this and everyone who's listening in as well, if you are in a state of deep depression and sadness, you are not alone. You do not have to go through life and feel like you've got to hide it. It is okay to bring people into your life to help you. It is okay to ask someone to, to pray for you. It is okay to ask for someone to be a friend to you. It's okay to move beyond the darkness and bring in the light by opening the curtains, curtains and inviting people into your life. It is okay if you're finding yourselves in a dark place of your life. This pandemic has brought out more emotional imbalance over the last seven months. I know it says eight, but for us it's been seven because when we shut down seven months ago. And, and it's become a, a, a total different makeup of life on how we handle one another. I'm tired of the corona handshake. I'm ready for a good handshake. I'm ready for a hug. And, you know, I find myself distancing myself a little bit from my wife, my wife from me until we shower or change clothes after we, we get rid of the day. When we come in, it's changed our focus. I've used more hand sanitizer that creates irritation and, 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 and pain on my hands than I ever have in my lifetime. I've quit going out to eat. I've quit socializing, making hospital visits, nursing home visits, and all those things. And if it's happening to me, it's happened to you. And we're all going through that. And it gets us to the point where we're tired of it but we know we must stay on the course. We must try to do our part to try to hold down the sickness, to hold down the virus so that we can get beyond this and get back to some normalcy of our life. And what adds to the burden of the depressed and the despondent is the common misguided notion that good Christians don't get depressed. The cliche that says you just have to have more faith or you just have to get over, over it just rejoice in the Lord always and your problems will go away. Or sometimes we come off as a pep talk. Come on, get up, get moving, stop the pity party. Quit looking at yourself and look to God and it'll all be okay. Those are wrong answers to those who are in a deep depression and dark sadness. Sometimes it's just being still and listening and looking them in the eye and say, I'm here for you. I understand. And let them talk or let them cry, or just sit there in silence holding their hand and just being the person you are, loving them in their problems. 
And of course, this simply pushes us and pushes sometimes if we, if we use the phrase, oh, you'll get over it, it can push us even further into a deeper hole that teaches us that the discouraged is, is not okay. But it is. Psalm 77 is intensely helpful as a passage of scripture when you and I are in the pit. As we outline a few steps based on this psalm, that we can follow to regain our emotional balance. So I'm going to give you three things of just many different things that we can do to help regain some emotional balance in our life. Number one, send an SOS to God. As a child, do you remember riding in the sand or the dirt, SOS? thinking that somebody was going to fly over in a plane and see your SOS and come to your rescue. We've seen that sometimes in movies and stuff that people's done on the beach and that sort of thing. If they've been stranded on an island, SOS. You remember Gilligan's Island many, many years ago? Now we're in reruns, which dates myself because I grew up with that. But they put the SOS out there, did it in flames and did it in sand, did it in rock. SOS, we've got to send an SOS to God. And this is what the psalmist does. He says, I cry out aloud to God. And then it's repeated, I cry aloud to God. He's, he's realizing the fact that in his deep, darkest moment, the first place to start is to cry out to God, to cry out to him, and he will hear me, he says. We've got to know that even in our, in our emotional imbalance, even in our tears, even in when our 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 words cannot be formed. Even when we don't even want to look at ourselves in a mirror, even when we don't even want to look to God, we must cry out to God, cry aloud to God. Even if you, even if you cause a, a, a total stoppage in your house if people around you, it's okay to do it out loud. God, help me. I'm at this point in my life, I can't see beyond this problem. My problem is so big and you have become so small in my life. I cry out to you, God. I need help. I need to be able to see you as the large God that you are and my problems as small as they are. We cry out, yes, aloud, but the promise is God will hear me. In my day of trouble, he says, I sought the Lord. My hands were lifted up all day long. I refuse to be comforted. I think of God. I groan. I meditate. My spirit becomes weak. I saw a group of about 50 people yesterday gathered at a house. It was so cool to watch what they were doing. They gathered in a circle. They weren't practicing social distancing, but they were gathered in a circle, and they all had their hands out straight up to God, and they were all crying out to God in all one voice. If you've ever, not ever been in a situation like that, it might scare you a little bit. But to watch them and hear them all offering their prayers up to God, all of them, no one worrying about what they're saying, just reaching out to God, it was such a beautiful experience. It reminded me of how we need to lift our hands to God, as the psalmist says, and, and, and cry out to God and tell him, say, God, I, I cannot find comfort here. I cannot find help. It's, it's sending the SOS to God. It's letting ourself know that God is hearing us and it's okay to say, God, I am in need. And here's my SOS. I cry out to you because I am weak. 
and God is strong. I have no confidence, but God gives me confidence. I am hopeless, but he is hope. I am in darkness, but he is light. We realize that the, the, the right, right away in our hopelessness, we must draw from God in that hopelessness of our life. Asap draws pictures with words that depict his desperation. For instance, the word trouble in verse 2 describes the feeling of being confined, that the walls are closing in. And this is what I hear when I call people during this pandemic, and I ask them, I say, is the walls closing in on you? And they are. They said they're tired, of their, they're tired of their recliner. They're tired of watching television. They're tired of their walls. And the only exercise they get is walking around in their yard. And some are just so hunkered down that they can't look beyond their own property because they live in fear, fear of catching this and fear of what would happen if they got this illness and fear of how they're going to get over it. And, and, and all that's happened in our world, the fear that has been created through the media, the feeling of being so confined that you don't know the jail cell. But I'm, I've got good news. The good news is we are, we are people in jail, but we are in jail in Andy Griffith's jail and the key hangs on the wall. And all we've got to do is reach our hand through the jail cell out to God and we can grab the key and we know he'll open the door and he'll help us get out of that confinement and help us to see life because he is the big God. We are in a little world. God is bigger than our deep, depressed moments of life. They're real. Please do not hear me say that they're not. They're real. And I understand them. I was taking medication years ago for, for asthma. I have asthma, and hope, thankfully it's, tre it's, it's treated and it's under control. And uh, Bob, I think you about like me. We've shared our same experience and on the same type medication. And one of the particular pills they gave me, one of the biggest side effects is it causes depression, and it gives you thoughts of suicide if that's severe enough. And, and so I got into a deep, depressed moment of life probably 10, 12 years ago, and I couldn't figure out. Everything was great. Everything was fine. Everything was hunky-dory. Everything was going smooth in my life. I had no reason to be in a downward spiral. But as I laid down at night and got up in the morning, I had these, these thoughts in my mind, and I felt like the walls were closing in for just a moment. And I would have things and thoughts like, you know, I understand suicide. I understand taking the life. I understand. And, and, I, and I went to the doctor and said, this is what I'm having. He said, oh, you're, it's this medication. We've got to get you off of it. You know, it took about two weeks and those thoughts went away. And so, so, and that happens to people not because of medication, but because of the downward spiral emotionally they get in their life and they can't see beyond it. But, but the good news is God is there to listen when we cry out. As the psalmist says, and yet we send the SOS to God. It's okay to all throughout our life to continually send the SOSs out to God. Perhaps we can identify with Asap's feelings, but, but don't miss what the first response is. In his battle with depression, he doesn't pretend. He doesn't bury his disillusionment. He doesn't fake his happiness. 
There is no indication that he turned to food or he turned to shopping or he turned to alcohol, he turned to gambling or any other means that people try to find ways to cope. Instead, he was very honest with God. He, he was really honest. He said, I cry aloud to God, out loud, out loud to God. He was very honest. It's okay to be honest. If someone calls and says, how are you doing? It's okay to say, well, I'm glad you asked because I'm in a funk that I can't get out of. I'm in a deep, dark moment of my life that I've never been in my life before and I don't know how to get out of it. It's okay to be honest. The, the psalmist yells his prayer out to God. In verse three, he describes it further. I think of God, I groan. And the word groan can mean anything from a quiet noise to a raging explosion. And so he groaned. And because of it being out loud, I'm sure he groaned so much that he tried to shake the foundation of where he was at. It was loud. In verse 7 and 9, Asset feels some of the content of his prayers. He said, will the Lord reject, for, you know, reject me forever and never again show his favor? You see what he's seeing? He's not seeing God, he's seeing his problems. He's seeing that which is before him and he can't look beyond that. He can't see light in the midst of his darkness. He can't see happiness in the midst of his sadness. He can't see light. He can't see beyond what he's, where, he, where he's at. Has God forgotten his graciousness, his anger? And where's his compassion? Asap cycled through, through and wide the uncontrollable rage of emotions but he didn't try to hide it from God. He was honest. It's okay to be honest with God and say, God, I'm angry at you. I'm angry at you. I'm angry at this. I'm angry at me. I'm, I'm tired of this. Where are you? Where's your favor? Where's your spirit? It's okay. Whatever you're feeling, God is big. He is a big boy. He can handle it. He is not going to get his feelings hurt and he's not going to close the door and pout. He's going to hear you. He asked God the hard questions that depression raises in every person's life. And we find no indication that God is put off by any kind of unvarnished truthfulness. He didn't hide it. He didn't cover it up. He didn't glorify it in any way. My friend, let the wisdom of one of the hard fellowships of depression that Asset gives us come to you so that you can realize that you do not have to be ashamed to admit your inner turmoil, thinking that voicing your questions will offend God or blaspheming God. He really wants to hear from you. He wants you to be straight up. In fact, the Bible promises that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and He saves the crushed spirit. That's in Psalm 34, 18. In other words, pour out your heart loud or soft, because he's waiting to hear from you. Now, I was raised in a family. My grandfather was one tough-up boy, you know, pat you on the back of the head if you're crying, uh, push you on your shoulder and say, toughen up, boy. Boys don't cry. I was raised that way. Never saw my dad cry. I just saw his anger. You know, I was raised that way. And so when, when I got to that point, I wanted to do the same, but I knew the cycle had to be broken. It had to stop. And whenever that thing stopped, I don't know when it was, but it's okay. Sometimes you just have to let out a good cry. 
It's okay to, sh to show your emotion to others. It's okay as long as you don't demean others in those emotions. Keep that in focus. We don't lash out at people and demean them in any way. But it's okay to be honest with yourself. So we send out all those SOSs to God. God can handle it. He gets the message. He hears you, whether you're loud or soft. And he, and he understands right where we are. And I think that's the first part of going through any emotional imbalance is to realize I'm not by myself and that God is not so far removed that he's this cosmic killjoy living way off yonder and he's only there when I need him. You know, he's, he's with me when I am rejoicing in the day that he has made, he is with me. And when I cannot open the curtains because I don't see it as a day that he has, he has made and I am not feeling like rejoicing, he is with me. You've got to know that he's with you in the dark moments as well as the bright moments. Number two, choose to redirect your thoughts. Regaining those emotional balance in our life, we have to train to, to redirect our thoughts during one of the most sleepless nights that Asap concludes that God was keeping him awake for a reason. He said, you have kept me from closing my eyes. He says in verse four, I lay there in silence, unable to speak and mind drifting back to sweeter things. Verse five says, I consider the days of old years long past. At night, I remember my music and I meditate. My heart and my spirit ponders that that I hear. He's going back, he's redirecting his thoughts. You see what's happening? He's seeing that if he, if he trains his mind to think of those good things and to remember that God was with him during those times, it can help him to realize that God is with him right now in the deep, dark sadness of his life. Asap deliberately focused his thoughts on the past times when God seemed to be so near that he could push back the darkness with a song. In verse 10, he talks about how he did this. He said, then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I'm going to make force, I'm gonna to have to make a force in, in my thoughts and get out of this dungeon that I'm in to a year when I saw God do great things. There's many times in my life when I'm up against a challenge I go back. I, I go, start going back in the computer screen, going back to the memory bank. And remember, okay, I had a difficult challenge in this year. God, you helped me go through this challenge in this year. So if you helped me then, why should I conclude that you can't help me now? And so we go back in our minds and find the comfort. Okay, God worked those details out. Okay, because he did, I can face this difficulty right now. It helps us have the confidence that God is with us in the midst of our difficulty, in, you know, in the midst of the unexpected, in the midst of the, the undirected of our life, however way you put it. What an important step when you feel locked down by depression and realize that you can gain a different perspective in the midst of that depression. You know it's true when troubles crowd in and just getting, getting up in the morning seems like a chore, where does your mind lean? Focusing on the chore or focusing on life? We have to redirect our thoughts 
It leans toward how bad it is now. That's when it's important to call a mental time out and take a long look in the rearview mirror at God's past blessings. Chip Ingram even suggested during what he calls the, the uh, napkin exercise. He said, whenever you feel that you're starting to go downhill, get out a ballpoint pen and, and pull out a napkin and begin to list the specific blessings that have happened that day, that week, that month, and that year. There are facts. These are facts that you write down. These are not feelings. These are, these are things that have happened. And you're writing down and reminding yourself and you're changing and redirecting your thoughts based on what the psalmist says in Psalm 77. I redirect my thoughts and I'm, I'm going back to what God has done in the past so that I can move forward in my present. List the top 10 answers to your prayer life. Instead of saying, God, why have you not answered this prayer? Go back to the top 10 prayers that God has answered. Again, it's redirecting the thoughts. I'm not talking about just looking in a glass half empty or half full. I'm talking about training your mind to focus on the powerfulness, the goodness, focusing on where God was at work in your life and God will become bigger and the problems will become smaller. Write down the best things that have happened in your life in the last five years. List five people who love you. Because when you're in the deep, dark state, you feel like no one cares, no one loves you, no one, no one wants to help you. But focus on who loves you and list five people in your life. It's amazing what a napkin can do. It's not just for wiping our mouths. It can be a reclaiming of the past. Remember, it's the biblical prescription that's central to worship that fuels the faith for God in the future. Remember this biblical prescription that is central to worship and fuels the faith to God in the future when we mark God's faithfulness in our past. You condition the weary heart so that you can have hope for tomorrow. Send an SOS to God. Choose to redirect the thoughts in order to affirm your hope for the future. And number three and last is magnify God to diminish the problems. Here's the part that's the hardest thing to do. I think many of us know how to cry out to God. And I believe many of us know how to redirect our thoughts. But number three, we may have difficulty magnifying God so that our problems can be diminished. There's something about worship that recalibrates the soul. Worship is not the natural instinct of the depressed person. It's to stay away, to be left alone, to close out the door, close everyone out the door, close the Bible, let it collect dust, save your knees from any pain of bending on the knee. When gloom closes in and all the once th things of our life all at once are, dr are driven out, we tend to want to pull the blanket over our head and, you know, just leave everybody else out, including God. But Asaph willed himself to come to worship. There are deeply helpful benefits for gathering together 
in God's people. This pandemic has said, said to many people all across the world, it is okay to stay in your homes and be silent and to be by yourself. Some have liked it, but some are being driven crazy. It's okay to get out. It's okay to gather with people. It's okay to be with people of like-mindedness and worship and heart together. Catherine Green, in her book, Darkness is My Only Companion, describes her tortured journey through 10 years of extreme depression, bipolarism, that disorder, and how gathering with God's church people helped her. It's so important to worship in a community, she says, to ask your brothers and sisters in Christ to pray for you. Sometimes you literally cannot make it on your own and you need to borrow from the faith of those around you so that you can enjoy the companionship of Jesus once again. Isn't that powerful? Asset concentrates on the benefits that come from God himself in verse 13. And first he proclaims God's holiness is that God, your way is holy. That is unique, one of a kind, set apart from the ways of mankind. What is what God is great like you, God? In verse 16 through 18, he throws down the 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 he throws it down right before him and he says, you know, against all the false Canaanite gods of the sea, the thunder and the storm, he said, the waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and they trembled. Even the depth shook. The clouds poured down like water. The storm clouds thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. He's talking about a good old-fashioned summer, summer thunderstorm and God shaking the earth and he's shaking with the, the sound of that thunder and the flashing of the lightning. The sound of your thunder was like the whirlwind lighting up the entire world. The earth shook and it was quaking. It doesn't sound like the downcast asset that we started with, does it? He's now seeing that his problems, yes, they are big in his life and they are important in his life and they are all consuming in his life but when he compares it to the majestic God that he knows and the wonders of God and he recognizes who God is, he sees himself as being very minute and small, a dot on the radar and not this huge storm and he's able to see God in his majesticness of who he is and how small he really was as a man. And he saw his problems being small. Verse 14, Asaph extols the miracle working power of God. You are the God who works wonders, he says. You revealed your strength amongst your people. Your way went through the sea, your path through the great waters. He goes on to say, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. God is holy and God is able. God is holy and God is able. He has no trouble altering the natural order of things if necessary to deliver you. He helps you to finally look out the jail cell and realize the key is right there on the wall. And all you got to do is grab it, unlock the chain, unlock the door, and you are set free from, the, from being bound into the darkness that is there. 
finally asset locks in on God's redemption for his people in verse 15. He says, with power you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. God cares for me. God cares for me. When you're at an emotional downward turn, you've got to realize that God cares for you right where you are. He's not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed of the situation you're in. He loves you and he is holy. He is set apart like none other than any person in this world. And he is holy and God is able to help you. But you first must send out that SOS. You must redirect your thoughts and not focusing on what is, but what was, if you have to, to where God was in your life, to encourage you to see where God is in your life and to realize the necessary ingredient of magnifying God to diminish the problem on hand. He has the supernatural ability to do that is necessary to fulfill his promises. He loves us enough to come after us. When I started dating Renee, when the bell rung from one class to the other, I wanted to be the first one out the door so that I could get to the hallway, I can straighten my hair, I can stand up tall and stand there in the hallway so she'd take notice of me as she walked by. God loves us and he comes after us to pursue us. He's the first one out the door. He's right in the hallway and he's waiting for us to show ourselves so that he can reaffirm himself to us. Asset began with a huge problem and a little God, but he kept sending out his SOSs all throughout that psalm. He kept relying on his thoughts. It forced him to rehearse the past blessings of that of Jacob and Joseph and Aaron and Moses. He's going back to his ancestry. He's going back to the glory days. He's going back to where God is lifted up and magnified, where God is seen as holy. God is seen as just. God is seen as a wonder working power God in his life. And he looks at himself and he sees now God is big and his problems are small. You can see the natural progression through Psalm 77. So I ask you this question as I ask myself, how are you handling your troubles and depression? Now that's probably got a long dissertation. And that question may take days to answer. In fact, it may, in answering that question, may help you to find anger that you didn't know existed and to find joy that you didn't know was ready available. It will cause you to, to make judgment about your life and others who just don't understand because they've never had this deep depression that I've, ever, that I've been in. It may cause you to go through all sorts of emotions trying to answer that question of how you're handling your depression and your troubles by getting mad at someone who even asked you that question. But I firmly believe in answering that question, that answer that you give yourself or answers can determine your emotional balance. If you will be honest with yourself and answer that question, 
it can help you to regain the emotional balance. Put God where God is, high and lifted up, holy and magnificent, big and powerful, ready to extol all of his blessing upon his child and to realize how minute we really are and how small our problems really are compared to the greatness of God. So will you turn it over to God? Will you cry aloud to God? He's not going to put the earplugs in and he's not going to turn away and he's not going to be ashamed of what you tell him. He's big enough and great enough to handle you. In fact, he has created you and he understands everything within you. Thanks be unto God that he knows where we need to be and he knows that sometimes during the troubled times of our life and even the depressions of our life could be the remolding and remaking and the reforming of the pottery that he's already created to make it into something greater, stronger, and more beautiful. We allow God to ply his love and his grace into your life to bring out the goodness that you need to see. Give God a try. Let others in and let them help you go through whatever you're going through. Call on somebody. In fact, on the screen, those who are listening in and not in the room, there's, there's a telephone number. Very, very easy, you know, very easy to remember. 843-828-3333. Call that number. Unfortunately, we don't have live operators there all the time to answer your questions or your calls, but we do have the voicemail. You leave a voicemail, we'll get it. And we'll return the call as quickly and speedily as we can to help you, wherever you are. Even if it's just, I just need to have someone to, to listen to me. I, we'll be there. And if I can't be the ear to help you, I will send someone to call you to help you. Know that you're not alone in the world that we live in. People love you and care for you. Father, we, we cry out to you today to recognize the fact that, that everything that we go through in life, there is nothing that is a surprise to you there's no downward turn, there's no difficulty, there's no darkness, there's no sickness, there's no fear, there's no doubt, there's no, no, nothing that we could bring into our life that could ever take away the fact that you are still God, you're still powerful, that you're mighty, and you are, are a God of all holiness. Father, thank you for allowing us to cry out to you and call you Abba, Father, to realize that in crying out to you, there is help, there is, there is the warmth of your grace, there is the, the, the wonderful embrace of your kindness and compassion. Father, help us to love ourselves. Help us to see ourselves in honesty and to be honest with you, to admit to others and admit to you that, that we need help. Father, thank you for the strength that comes and how you taught us through Psalm 77, through Asaph's life, that, that there, you don't have to stay in the, the funk that you're in, that there is hope, there's light 
in the midst of that darkness. And thank you, Father, for sending us that light. As we know that you said that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the vine. I am the good shepherd. I am the living water. I am the way, the truth, and the life. We realize those things that are claimed in Christ is our, is the God in which we serve. And we thank you that we can claim those great declarations of who you are for our own life. Thank you, Father, for who you are and for the help you give us and for loving us in spite of our emotions and our dark moments of our life. In your name that we pray.